TII item 190, September 13th, 2011. That is so uncool. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullah! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of who I am. Today's episode is brought to you by Hover. Please visit tii.hover.com. That's tii.hover.com to get 10% off your domain name registrations. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is a Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Ben for sending in the artwork for today's episode. Ben wrote, I created this artwork with the Photo Wizard and Camera app on my iPod Touch. Regards, Ben. And folks, you can see the artwork in the TII app in the extras for episode 190, or if you subscribe through iTunes as the album artwork. Plus, I will try to get it up on Facebook and Google Plus as well. Thanks again, Ben. As always, if you have some music or artwork you've created on your iOS device and you'd like to share it with the audience, please email to me at todayinios at gmail.com and make sure to include which app and or apps you use to create said music or artwork on your iOS device. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote. Quote, The constant search for an iPad killer and the sheer multitude of tablet computers launching in the next 18 months should make Apple aware that its competition is fierce and will only become tougher. Unquote. Barbara E. Hernandez, PC World, 5th of October 2010. Well, Barbie, I would love to know what your definition of fierce is, because I'm thinking is a little different than mine. Per promo codes, I want to thank the devs again for the app AA Illuminate, which we offered up in episode 189. I will pick our winners for that later this week, so if you are interested in AA Illuminate, go back to episode 189 in the beginning and listen for more info. As always, if you are an app developer, email me. If you want your app featured in the promo giveaway segment, there is never a charge for you, the dev. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email them to me at todayinios at gmail.com, and please also include a 60-second or less audio review of your app, indicating you are the dev in that review. For those of you using Blogger for your blogging platform, you'll be happy to know that Google has finally released an app for you to allow you to do posts on Blogger right from your iOS device. And it's not the first app for Blogger. There was is BlogPress that Google Blogger endorsed. But this is the first official app for Blogger by Google slash Blogger for an iOS device. Anyway, if you try out the official Blogger app, let us know, especially if you also used the BlogPress before, uh, BlogPress app that is. Would be interested in hearing which one you like better and why. 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOON-DOG, or email me your comments to todayinios at gmail.com. And actually, we have a review of Blogger app from Laura. Let me play that now. Hey, Rob, it's Laura in Nashville. I'm calling with a app review for a new app that came out, I think, today, um, September 8th, which is Blogger, and it's available for Android phones as well, but finally, Blogger comes out with its own app for posting blogs and you can manage multiple blogs on it. It's a free download and it's a fairly simple interface, adding pictures and editing, saving drafts, that sort of thing. But I just want to let everybody know because it was totally under the radar for me and I got an email from a friend. So I just wanted to um, put that out there. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks, Laura, for the app review of Blogger. 
Also, I want to give an update on Laura's Kickstarter project called Eyelatch that we went over in episode 188 and also a little in 189. Laura is now at 97 backers for a total commit of a little over 4,800 and 12 days to go. The goal is 7,000. So Laura just needs a little bit under 2,200 to reach the goal. I am a backer. Are you? Again, the iLatch is a case for the iPad and iPad 2, which latches to hook to a car seat or a pack and play or a stroller or in many other places. Look for the link to iLatch in the show notes for episode 190, which takes you over to the Kickstarter project. And we will give an update on the next episode to see where Laura's at. Quote, in early 2011, Apple then gave Verizon a time-to-market advantage for the iPhone, most likely because Verizon had the largest subscriber base in the U.S. Sprint has had to compete without access to the iPhone for nearly five years, unquote. And those were some of the Sprint's words in their legal fight to keep AT&T and T-Mobile from tying the knot. Somehow, out of those words, this is my next feels, Sprint is saying they are getting an iPhone. Kudos to This Is My Next for finding this in the legal filing. But to infer that Sprint's wording about time-to-market advantage is only an advantage if they are going to later get the iPhone is a little bit of a stretch. That said, I think Sprint is getting the iPhone 5 when it launches. I just don't think that quote was a smoking gun, so to speak. When I heard that Verizon had their own commercial for the iPad 2, all I could think of was that horrible Verizon commercial talking about your wife loving the Tegra processor. So when I finally saw the Verizon commercial, I was a bit relieved to see it was closer to Apple's messaging than what you would expect from Verizon. It talked about use cases, not specs. I did find it funny to see them showing the woman using it at the beach to read a book. Yeah, we all know how well the iPad screen shows up in bright light. Oh well. But other than that, the commercial was okay. Uh, you can see a link for the commercial in the show notes for episode 190 at todayinios.com. Look for the post titled Verizon Air's iPad 2 commercial. I have a correction from the last show. I mentioned the Atari joystick for the iPad on the last show, and I said you could use it in the vertical slash arcade mode, just like the iCade, and then also in landscape mode. Well, that is not the case. The landscape mode, that is, it is not supported. And the device actually has a 30-pin dock connector, so it's not Bluetooth connection either. Yeah, pretty much blew that description on last week's show. That is what I get for doing a story based on one source, and that did not have the actual device. I have a link to a review done by device.com, D-V-I-C-E.com, which actually does have the device, which says that the Atari joystick is actually powered by the iPad via the connector. I also have a link to the Engadget article on this. It is a $60 device versus the $99 for the iCade. But you do get extra buttons with the iCade, so you have four extra buttons versus the Atari one. Now, what ultimately will matter is who does support for which of these devices. Are app developers going to support them both? Are they going to pick one or the other? Right now, when you go into iTunes and do a search for iCade, there's not many that come up. I actually just got a promo code from one of the developers for an app called Space Inversion, which, as you might guess, is Space Invaders, uh, or a kind of a ripoff of Space Invaders. 
it works really well with the iCade. Uh, I have to say that. So if you are a Space Invaders fan, you might want to check out Space Inversion if you have the iCade. It's just 99 cents in the iTunes App Store, and it really is a really good app for the iCade. I like it, and my kids both were liking it, and they had never played Space Invaders before. So again, if you're a Space Invaders fan and you have an iCade, you might want to drop 99 cents on Space Inversion. There was a lot of buzz going on around a picture of sushi, which is supposedly a picture taken by the iPhone 5 and then cropped down to look like it was taken by the iPhone 4. The site that posted this did not say where said picture of sushi came from, which to me makes the whole story sound a little, dare I say it, fishy. Evidently, even though the picture's data says it was taken with an iPhone 4. The rest of the EXIF data seems to indicate a higher res camera took the picture. Also, the geolocation data on the picture indicates it was taken at one infinite loop and belongs to an Apple engineer. Again, this all sounds a little fishy, especially since the site that broke this is also the one that broke the story about a picture supposedly taken by the iPad 2 before it was released, which turned out to be bogus. Whoever created this picture if it is a bogus, they did put in a lot of believable information, like it being an 8 megapixel camera, that the one infinite loop is the geolocation, and it was an Apple engineer that likes sushi. All sounds plausible. Maybe too plausible. Anyway, a couple of other sites were reporting that it came from Flickr, but the source where this originally broke didn't have anything about a location of where this may have come from. One rumor about the iPod Touch that's been out there for some time, and no, I'm not talking about the rumor of it going away, I don't see that happening at all, is that the fifth generation iPod Touch will have a 3G radio added, i.e. you would get a data plan from AT&T or Verizon here in the U.S., probably Sprint 2. Given all the focus of iCloud for iOS 5, to me this kind of sounds like a no-brainer, I would actually be surprised if the next iPod Touch did not have a 3G version available. Of course, then it is a quick hack and you can have the phone calls going right from your iPod Touch. But I don't think Apple is all that worried about people will drop their iPhones for a 3G iPod Touch. It is something that will get buzz on YouTube and BGR and here also. But in the mainstream world, if someone wants an iPhone, you know what they'll buy? That's right an iPhone. There's been a lot of anticipation and secrecy surrounding Apple's upcoming release of the iPhone 5. And uh, here's the latest news. Last week, an Apple employee left a working prototype of the iPhone 5 in a bar and somebody stole it. Yeah, this has been big news. Obviously, Apple wants this prototype back. They've already released an ad to address the situation. We have a copy. Take a look. We're very excited about the advances we've made with iPhone 5, but unfortunately someone out there has stolen one of our prototypes and won't give it back. We will find this person and redefine the world of genital torture. The current plan is to strap this lowlife to a tree and feed him or her a rare African species of flesh-eating fire art. And then we'll film that person being devoured from the inside out. And then post that video on our revolutionary new iCloud. It's amazing that in such a short period of time, we've managed to create a digital form of the Ebola virus that we can inject into a thieving person's eyes. We are planning things that will make Vlad the Impaler look like Mr. 
Rogers. <laughs> Give it back! Give us back your iPhone! Give it back now! And that segment is courtesy of The Conan Show on TBS. You can find a link to that in the show notes. Look for Apple Wants Its Lost iPhone, Conan on TBS, dash YouTube. And that leads us into this next story. You know how Apple employees and bars and lost iPhones keep creating headlines and bits on Conan? Apple has decided to act. And by act, I mean hire a product security manager. I mean, it was either that or tell the very few people with prototype iPhones they were no longer allowed to drink in iOS in public. And since obviously not drinking in public was apparently not considered an option, Apple has decided that hiring someone that can come in and lead product security was the best option. And of course, by leading product security, we mean putting in place a policy that says no more public drinking when you have an iPhone prototype. But hey... If someone Tim Cook hires from outside the company says it, it will hold more weight. I'm not sure how to do this next story. It is very sad and then has something interesting from the iOS perspective. It is a story of the Chilean Air Force airplane that crashed recently. The search and rescuers were not having any luck finding the crash site when one of the relatives of one of the passengers remembered that person had an iPhone and they used the Find My iPhone feature to find the crash site. Sadly, there were no survivors, but at least they know where the plane went down and can now try to recover the bodies to at least bring some closure to the families. It has not been said if the iPhone continued to transmit after the crash or if it was just the last location before impact that was used to find the plane. One of the many rumors around the iPad 3 is that it will be thinner and lighter. Not that we have ever heard such a rumor before about an upcoming iOS device. But now comes rumor that Apple will be switching to a new battery technology. This will allow for thinner and lighter battery packs than the current ones, yet give them the same type of performance as far as holding a charge, and even better performance as far as how many times it can be recharged. The two companies supposedly supplying the new and improved batteries are Simplo Technology Co., and Dynapack International Technology Co. This all according to Steve Chong from CENS.com. Again, as I said before, just a rumor right now, but I'm all for thinner, lighter, and longer lasting, which sadly is a description of how my wife describes me when she first met me. Insert rim shot here. I want to take a minute now to talk about today's sponsor, and that is Hover. If you go to TII, .hover.com. That's TII.hover.com. You can get 10% off your domain name registrations. First, though, I want to read a letter from one of the listeners uh, that is a longtime listener, actually, of the show. He writes, Hi, Rob. I wanted to let you know that your sponsor, Hover, is everything you say it is and more. I took your advice and registered my name as a domain, JonathanCMiller.com. The online purchase took no more than five minutes and cost was only $15 for the year. Configuring a domain to point to my Google Plus page took less than a minute. In addition, the ability to create subdomains like about.jonathancmiller.com is ridiculously easy. I have several domains registered with a competitive service, which has more upsells than a TV information call center when purchasing a new domain. I'll be transferring all of my domains to Hover now. Regards, Jonathan Miller. Jonathan, thanks for that feedback. And folks, if you're looking to register a domain name, 
whether it be one to point to your Google Plus page or one to protect your name or the names of your kids, remember to go to tii.hover.com. That's tii.hover.com and you'll get 10% off your domain name registrations. Thanks, Hover, for sponsoring the show. Last week, a few of the Apple sites that watch Apple site for any type of changes made note that Apple had changed the ship times on the iPhone from 24 hours to one to three business days. And you would have think they found naked pictures of their ninth grade English teacher by the way they went on. Oh, I just realized, for those of you whose ninth grade English teacher was not smoking hot, that might have put a bad image in your head. For that, I apologize. For those that had a ninth grade English teacher like I had, continue on with that nice mental image. As I was saying, the sites were all a Twitter about this change, saying this was the first step towards the iPhone 5. But alas, it was actually the first step before Apple changed how they report shipping dates. No longer does it say 24 hours, it now says in stock. It seems going through Apple site, pretty much everything is now listed as Insight, with just the 12 core Mac Pro listed as two to four days. I keep reading about this analyst or that analyst predicting 2011 tablet shipments. And I typically see Apple in the 70 to 75% range. But again, this is for shipments, as in placing the units into the sales channel. When you actually get to the ones that look at customer purchases, then the number changes quite a bit with 80% being on the low end to 95% market share for Apple being on the high end with something in between probably being closer to reality. I mention this as JP Morgan just hiked their estimate of iPad shipments to 70.9% in 2011 of all tablets shipped. That is a rise of 10.1% from their previous estimate of 60.8% for Apple. So take all of that with a grain of salt. And you can wake back up. The analyst percentage predictions are over for now. Hi, Rob. It's Chris Brody from Fulton, Missouri. I just want to let everyone know that there's a new way to take your HTML code from your website and turn it into an iOS app. And that application that you need, you will need the iPhone SDK and be a registered developer. But the phone, the application that you use on your Mac, and it imports the template and framework all into Xcode. The app is called PhoneGap, which is spelled P-H-O-N-E-G-A-P. Uh, love the show and keep up the good work. Thanks. Bye-bye. Chris, thanks for the feedback. Of course, if you're a podcaster and you're hosting with Libsyn or willing to host with Libsyn and you'd like to get your podcast as an app, just email me at todayinios at gmail.com. Let me know and uh, we can get you set up. Thanks to Mark H. and a few others for this next one. Have you been to an Apple store and purchased something recently? If so, you are familiar with their mobile app payments devices, i.e. iPod Touches with the special case and card swiper, which you would expect at the Apple store. Well, now also expect an iOS device-based payment device at Lowe's of all places. Apparently, they went one better than Apple and are going to use iPhones as the core of their payment devices and will be getting 42,000 iPhones to send out to all their stores or at least many of their stores. They also plan to use the devices to help answer customer questions, text their girlfriend, and play Angry Birds. Oh, wait, I mean Trucks and Skulls. If you work at Lowe's and are still listening to the show, and have been briefed on this, please let us know what you know. Identities, of course, will be kept confidential. On the Sprint front, we had more news this past week, and by news, I, of course, mean rumors. First up was Bloomberg, who is all into this link bait thing now. 
who reported that Sprint is said to be offering the unlimited data plan for when they get the iPhone 5, just like they do now for all their other smartphones. CNET jumped in on the story and said, yes, but for how long would Sprint keep offering unlimited data for the iPhone, suggesting that rather quickly Sprint would back down from that unlimited offering and start going to a tiered, i.e. FU data plan offering, like AT&T and Verizon now only offer. And I must apologize to all non-U.S. listeners that are likely on an FU data plan of their own that has hard limits and is overpriced. Of course, this is all just speculation and rumor at this point, but to think that if Sprint gets the iPhone 5 and they don't offer unlimited data plans, I can't imagine why anyone would switch or move to Sprint for said iPhone. And speaking of rumors in Sprint, our good friend at Sprint Feed, Mark Hearn, broke a story slash rumor, whatever you want to call it, about Sprint sending out notice to their employees about a blackout from vacations. Quote, Due to the possibility of a major phone launch in October, we are blocking out September 30th through October 15th, unquote, said the internal memo from Sprint to employees. Kudos to Mark for breaking that story. And speaking of Mark Kern from Sprint Feed and the interview I did with him on episode 189, got a lot of feedback on that. Uh, let me read a couple of pieces of email on that. Hi, Rob. I just wanted to give you my opinion of your conversation with Mark Hearn. While I applaud both inputs, I too feel that without Apple introducing 4G to the new iPhone, I will not switch, even though I am as eager to go to Sprint with the better plan pricing. I hear your analogy as to AT&T Verizon's inability to successfully take advantage at their present time, but I feel Apple needs to be ready now. Longtime listener, regards, Carlos. Another piece of email feedback I got on that interview. Hi, Rob. Just listened to episode 189 of TII. Great interview with Mark Hearn from SprintFeed.com. It was interesting to hear his view and comments. It's too bad you are going to soon have to add such a nice guy to the how wrong were they list. No LTE iPhone until number six, in my opinion. Regards, Brandon. Gentlemen, thanks for the feedback. As always, if you have any feedback on anything we've said on a past show or anything you'd like to hear on a future show or just a tip, a trick, an app review, whatever... Give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or you can record it on your iOS device or just send in a text email to me at todayinios at gmail.com. Thanks to Richard H. for this next one. And this one is a total shocker to anyone that listens to this show. And that is that new research from the Yankee Group and Skyhook finds that Apple's users download six times more paid apps than do Android users. Actually, that is only six times more is the shocker. I've talked to quite a few different devs and have apps on both iOS and the Android side, and I usually find anywhere from a 10 to 1 on the low side to a 20 to 1 on the high side ratio of iOS versus Android app sales to be normal. Piracy is cited as a problem in this survey with Android with 27% of the developers in the survey saying piracy was a huge problem and another 26% saying it was somewhat a problem. 53% also said Google is too lax in its Android market policies, which is likely the same 53% combined for the piracy is an issue answer in the first part of the uh, survey. The Yankee Group director of research had one of those director of research type quotes saying, quote, Android apps are living in the Wild West without a sheriff, unquote. Again, as I've said on the show multiple times before, 
if your business model is to sell apps, then iOS is the place to be first and foremost. Then you can look to go to Android after you've established your app on the iOS platform. Thanks to Alan from Israel for the link to a video called We All Are Steve, which is on YouTube, and I will not pull over the audio as it just needs to be seen to be appreciated. Look for the link to the video in the show notes titled Steve Jobs Tribute, We All Are Steve, YouTube. And you can find that link in the show notes for episode 190 over at todayinios.com. And I mentioned the show notes and where to find them for all of those of you on Stitcher. And for those with the iOS app, remember in the extras for this episode, you can see all the links that we're talking about in the link list, which is really how this show is meant to be consumed with the TI app and the link list to follow along. And for those of you following along, you'll notice that the next article is Vodafone's site for their Shure Signal device has a list of compatible phones. And one of those they had listed was the iPhone 5, 16 and 32 gig versions. This could have just been a typo or presumption by someone inside Vodafone, or it could have been a real slip up. Personally, I'll go with the presumption but either way, it is past tense issue as the site has been updated since it was first noticed on September 12th and they have removed the reference to the iPhone 5. A more nefarious explanation may be that it was a PR stunt by Vodafone to drive traffic to their shore signal device, which is a 3G Pico station. GigaOM had a post this past weekend titled Mobile Operator Will Lose Voice Services to Mobile Platforms. This is basically about Apple, Google, and Microsoft getting into the MVNO business. MVNO stands for Mobile Virtual Network Operator. Here in the U.S., the most notable one being Virgin Mobile. Essentially what an MVNO is, is a third-party provider of wireless service, which buys access from the main carrier and then resells it to you, the customer, or consumer, however you want to phrase it. I went on to macOS Ken Day 6 recently to talk about my thoughts on this. And Ken asked me what I thought about Apple becoming an MVNO. As I said to Ken, Apple becoming an MVNO is not a new rumor, which obviously he knew. It actually goes back to 2005 when The Rocker was announced. This rumor popped up a few times since then, back in 2008, when Apple patent application from 2006 was revealed about MVNO issues. And then in June of this year, when that patent application was amended, essentially Apple's MVNO patent is for MVNO being able to buy carrier access from multiple carriers and offer it up to the best deal in each market. Now, while the GigaOM did not point out the patent specifically, I will as what Apple could theoretically do is get agreements from all four major carriers in the U.S. and many of the major carriers around the world, then Apple could sell you access to their virtual network, offering you the best deal by buying excess bandwidth in each market from those networks that are not tapped out in those markets. You could then, in theory, with a device that runs on any network, i.e. what the iPhone 5 is expected to do, be able to get the best reception in each market and even take the iPhone internationally and not have any roaming charges. I mean, why would there be roaming charges if Apple is the global MVNO? Again, I say this is all in theory because while I would love to see this, 
I don't see this actually happening. As I have said before, Apple patents fall into two groups. Those Apple had implemented before filing, and those they have no plans of implementing. They just patented it because they thought it was a good idea. And I think that is the case here. And one of the main reasons I don't think this is going to happen is politically being able to get this to work with all the networks around the world, or many of the networks around the world, just seems to be such a major undertaking, especially in other countries where rules around MVNOs are, to say the least, not favorable. Per rumors about Apple buying Sprint or T-Mobile, which has also come up, no way, no how. Apple has never spent more than $500 million for any acquisition ever. And now some people expect them to go and spend 15 to 20 billion to acquire Sprint or T-Mobile. Not going to happen. The MVNO thing is much more likely as Apple has all the infrastructure in place to make that happen now on the billing and the point of presence fronts. So there is relatively little Apple would have to do on the capital outlay part to get that done. Uh, that is compared to saying that they're going to acquire Sprint or T-Mobile which would only get them a U.S. presence. So of the two, I would go with the MVNO, but I think both acquiring a carrier and becoming an MVNO is not something you're going to see happen uh, anytime in the near future with Apple. That all said, I do expect this MVNO rumor to come back again in the next few quarters, and I'll do my best to ignore it when it does. Hey, Rob. Jonathan here in Flooded PA. Thanks so much for the podcast. I have a question about Cause of Death, the game recommended two shows ago. At the time of the recommendation, or at the time I heard the recommendation, oh, just a reminder, so this is a game, it's kind of an interactive crime novel comic book with uh, free weekly chapters. The thing is, at the time I heard the uh, recommendation, the, the free weekly chapters had been discontinued for, uh, I don't know, couple of months or something. I never saw a formal announcement. Just wondered if anybody had any word. Thanks. Hi, Jonathan. Thanks for the question. For those that may not remember, again, this is Cause of Death. It's from Electronic Arts. So this is from a established uh, player. This isn't some app where they're trying to trick you into paying something. Now, how I understand it, it is free. And the stories come in episodic format, and they're updated about once a week. And if you wait for about a week, you'll get the next version for free. If you don't want to wait and you want to go ahead and get some more of the stories right away, then you can go and purchase some of the other stories. But if you wait once a week, you'll get a free version. That was what the person that said the original review. So you have to wait a week to get the next story. So when you go and download the app, you'll have one story there. It'll be already in the app for free. Wait another week or so, and then you get another one, and then and so on. So it is free if you're willing to wait. If you don't, you can do in-app purchases and buy some of the other stories right away. And the app has a really good reviews. I mean, actually, in iTunes, when you look at this app, you're looking at 778 five-star reviews, another 119 four-star versus 101 star and 45 two-star reviews. So overwhelmingly, this app has a much better rating uh, than most apps that are out there. Back on episode 180, I reviewed the NBC app. And by review, I mean I said, save your bandwidth and don't download it. The main reason was that the app did not offer up full episodes. Who would have thunk? 
Well, it looks like NBC was listening to the feedback as they just updated the app, and it now actually allows for streaming of episodes, bringing it on par with the ABC app. Ironically, looking back at my show notes for episode 132, I talked about at the time NBC's decision not to have a iPad app and going only with Flash for the streaming of the episodes. At the time, I said NBC would eventually realize that was a mistake and then try to push out an app too quickly and it would be expletive inserted here. Funny how that seems to have come to pass with now their second version actually being a usable app for the iPad. Please note, not all NBC shows are available for full episode streaming. Chuck, for example, is just showing previews for the most part and only three episodes to stream. I think it's the last three episodes of last season. I've often wanted to live in the UK for a little bit. I really like the food. I know that sounds strange, but shepherd's pie is one of my favorites. I used to play rugby and seeing a major rugby match in the UK with the packed stadium is on my bucket list. And I don't know if I mentioned this previously, but the writer of American Werewolf in London, one of my favorite movies of all time and my favorite horror movie in that genre, well, the writer of that movie went to my high school. Anyway, I have always said I want to live in the UK, and now there is a new reason for me to want to live in the UK. It is to take advantage of a cool mod for your iPhone. This one mods your iPhone to allow the back Apple logo to light up when you are using it and the screen is lit up. The mod will run you between 50 and 100 pounds. And the company doing this, as you might have guessed, is in the UK. And you need to bring it in your iPhone to them to have it done. It is not a kit that they can send to you. You could always mail your iPhone across the pond, but do you really want to be without it for two to three weeks? You can get more information about this by looking for the link titled Snazzy iPhone Mod Illuminates Apple Logo in the show notes for episode 190. If you are in the UK or even if you're not and you get this mod done, let me know what your thoughts are on it. I had a listener call in who I know from past dealings with this listener works for AT&T. This listener said that AT&T is now out of stock of all iPhone 3GSs at their store and at any other store in the city that this listener works at. This obviously sounds like the pushing out of stock, the getting rid of the iPhone 3GS before the new iPhone is launched, something we were expecting anyway, but good to finally get some confirmation on this. To those others at AT&T trying to figure out who told me this, this person's emails have been deleted and deleted from my deleted folder and from my Gmail. If anyone else works at AT&T and you are also seeing a 3GS out of stock situation in your store and your city, please let me know which city it is that you are seeing this in. For those of you new to the show coming from the Inc.com article, welcome to the show. To those of you that are not sure what I am talking about, I was recently interviewed, asked some questions by a reporter from Inc.com about my thoughts on the iPhone 5. For those of you with access to the VIP section, I posted up all the questions that the reporter asked and my responses. But to summarize, the main question was, quote, what do you think will be five to six new features of the iPhone 5? Unquote. And my response, one, upgraded camera to eight megapixel camera module. In the iOS 5, Apple has added a few features that are focused on the camera, such as using the volume button as a shutter control and adding quick access to the camera from lock screen. So an upgraded camera for the iPhone 5, 
that will be running iOS 5 seems to be kind of a lock. Two, upgrade of the CPU to the A5 processor, which is the same processor in the iPad 2. This follows last year's process when the iPad 1 had the A4 first, and then when the iPhone 4 came out, it also had the A4. Apple will also likely bump up the internal RAM from 512 to 1 gig, but likely Apple will not even mention this. Other than the CPU, Apple does not like to talk much about the internals of the iPhones. 3. For business travelers, especially on Verizon, the biggest upgrade will be in making it a true world phone. With a chipset that allows for both CDMA and GSM used from the same phone, this chipset is already in the Verizon iPhone 4, but the Verizon iPhone 4 is not optimized to use both GSM and CDMA. The iPhone 5 will be designed from the ground up to be a true world phone. 4. Enhanced voice controls slash voice recognition in iOS 5. Just for the iPhone 5, that is. This will take advantage of some features from their Surrey acquisition and also the work with Nuance. Expect much greater voice recognition and voice controls with the iPhone 5. Something to be appreciated by the business person on the go. 5. Enhance video out, HDMI out. This will be through a dongle and mirroring of the iPhone screen on a projector, just like with the iPad 2. That's different than what you actually read what I said in the article, which had me saying that there would be an HDMI output port. No, I'm just saying that it'll be HDMI out using a dongle, just like with the iPad 2. And six, it will not be an LTE slash 4G phone. LTE is just not widely available yet, especially when you look at the handful of test markets that AT&T just has. So at this point, it does not seem to make much sense for Apple to go with an LTE phone on Verizon or AT&T. Plus, with both of them restricting data usage with an LTE smartphone, you could burn through your monthly data cap in less than an hour. There were four other questions that he asked, mostly dealing with business side. You can read that in the VIP article that I put up in the Ask TII for Sunday, September 11th. And of course, if you haven't signed up for the TII VIP zone, just go to todayinios.com forward slash VIP. The next link I have here to talk about is the TNT app for the iPad and also the TBS app for the iPad. And I really don't want to talk about them because the apps don't work for everyone. They only work for people that are part of one of eight different cable providers. And SureWest is not one of them, nor is Time Warner, ironically, the company that owns TNT and TBS. So let's just move on to the next story. If you plan to sell your iPhone 4 before the iPhone 5 is out, now is about as good a time as there will be. PC World has an article going over a few different ways of getting rid of your old handset, regardless of the type, which includes selling to the likes of Gazelle or Nextworth, which right now Gazelle is offering $326 for a 32 gig AT&T iPhone 4 mint condition versus $276 from Nextworth, which is in line with what we saw in the past. Gazelle is offering the better deal. The article also talks about Craigslist, which should get you at least 50 bucks more than Gazelle. They also mentioned the recent GameStop promotion to turn Apple items into GameStop credit. They also talked about Walmart and Newegg offering trade-in for gift cards, but that is powered by Gazelle, so why not just go for the cash? My recommendation was before, and still is, Craigslist if you are comfortable selling to strangers and make sure it's cash deal. Never, 
accept a cashier's check, or Gazelle if you are not comfortable using Craigslist. That's what I recommended last time. That's what I'm going to recommend now. And if you are planning on getting rid of the iPhone 4, you probably don't have much time left before the price is going to drop a good 50 to 100 bucks. Of course, if you don't have an old iPhone 3GS around that you can use in the meantime, you may just have to wait until the iPhone 5 comes out and then do your sale. Martin Fitcher, who is head of U.S. operations for HTC, recently told a crowd at the Mobile Future Forward conference that Apple's iPhone has lost its cool. How did Martin come by this completely unbiased conclusion? Did he read about it in a study by Gartner or Changewave? Nope. Did HTC commission their own unbiased study? That is a nope also. How he came to this conclusion was when he dropped his daughter off at college, he talked to some of her classmates, and that's what they told him. So the question I ponder now, is it that the iPhone is no longer cool, or that read college students, where his daughter goes, are no longer cool. Doing some quick fact-checking on Reed College, I did find that they are the only college that has a student-run nuclear reactor. So that's pretty cool. But I also found out that the school has a, quote, reputation for tolerating open drug use among its students, unquote. And that's from Wikipedia. Hmm. Students running a nuclear reactor that are stoned. Yeah, not seeing anything bad happening there. Interestingly, looking for notable alumni, as if stone nuclear reactor workers aren't interesting enough, I could not really find any notable alumni, unless you count Howard Volum, you know, the founder of Tektronix, as in the maker of some really nice oscilloscopes. Yeah, not cool. However, I did find out there was someone that went to Reed College we may all have heard of, that is one Steve Jobs. He did not graduate from there, he just attended for one semester. Evidently, the kids there were just not cool enough with their nuclear reactors and Dr. Feelgood and all. Just saying. Reaching into the email bag. Hi, Rob. My speculation on the new iPhone. How about Apple just call it the iPhone and not the iPhone 5 or a 4GS or and so on? Regards. And that was from Jason. Another email on speculation on the iPhone. Hi, Rob. Just wanted your opinion. Don't the invites for the press conference for the unveiling of the iPhone 5 have to come out this week? I mean, I thought the invites were going to go out last week for a press conference for this Wednesday or Thursday, the 14th or 15th. Now, if we see an invite this week, it'll be for next week, right? That means the 20th or 21st. I guess this is all based on my thought that the iPhone 5 will launch occurring around October 7th. What are your thoughts? Seems like Apple is really dragging their heels on this one. I mean, why not, right? The iPhone 4 is still selling like hotcakes. Regards, Ryan. Hey, Rob. It's Ken from South Jersey. Hey, and the iPhone 5, I think we're going to see an invite this upcoming week, the week of September 12th, for the Yerba Buena Center. And that it's got to happen because there's no way you predict a multi-billion dollar drop in earnings for this quarter without it happening sometime soon. If it happens at the very end of September, it just doesn't explain their earnings prediction. The other thing we need to explain is why they delayed um, releasing the iPhone. Uh, my theory is they didn't want to wait a whole another year to have LTE or some form of 4G out on their phone. And uh, I know a lot of people don't believe it, but I, I think that they are going to have a 4G network available 
as well I think it's going to be thinner a larger screen 8 megapixel camera a5 chip I mean this phone is going to scream and it's going to fly off the shelves and the first quarter in which they catch up with demand which I don't think they will uh, for the first one to two quarters but once they catch up with demand I think they're going to sell 40 million phones a quarter which will be unbelievable obviously but uh, I really think it's going to happen this phone is just going to be an incredible phone and it's going to be more than just the same form factor with a few upgrades alright Rob keep up the good work and we'll see what happens Let me get your bingo card out there because uh, it's coming gentlemen thank you for the feedback and for the question yes Apple typically sends out those invites about a week before the event which means if they want to do it on the 21st it's going to need to go out today, tomorrow, when you hear this, uh, if you're hearing this on the first day it's released, uh, it needs to go out right away. I really thought they were actually going to have the invites out on Monday or Tuesday of this week, uh, either the 12th or the 13th, but now maybe on the 14th or the 15th, this invite's going to go out, depending if they're doing the event next Wednesday or Thursday. If they don't have it this week, I mean, you're well, then it'll be next week. Uh, I mean, we're getting close, uh, it's gonna need to be made uh, sooner or later. And I agree, you know, they had made this statement that they were gonna have sales drop off during a product transition at the end of the quarter. Well, the end of the quarter is coming, and there's no product transition per why it's been delayed. I think one part of why it's been delayed is demand hasn't dropped off. Do you really need to replace a phone that's selling like gangbusters uh, already? I mean, you wait until you start to see some drop-off, some slowdown, uh, where you have issues meeting demand. And Apple hasn't had that happen yet for the iPhone 4, so it's, it's per proverbial leaving money on the table. Of course, I'm sure some of you will point out to me that I'm giving Apple uh, management way too much credit in seeing that the demand was going to stay up where it is. And that the real reason that it may have been pushed out to where it is had more to do with the tsunami and earthquake in Japan and the sensors and other things not being ready in time. So either the earthquake or good management or maybe a combination of both is why this has been pushed out here to the fall. But I don't believe any of this delay had anything to do with LTE. I don't see the iPhone 5 being an LTE 4G iPhone. That's the iPhone 6. We're going to go ahead and wrap up the show. One more quick thank you to Hover. Go to tii.hover.com to save 10% on your domain name registrations. As always, if you have any tips, tricks, app reviews, anything else you want to share with the audience, give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or record it on your iOS device and email to me at todayinios at gmail.com. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, from Today and iOS, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today and iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I. -I.